Welcome back to the 20th episode of Rare. I'm your host, Ricky, and today we have a very special guest for you. It's DM Jason from our very own Redbeard Chronicles here on Uncontrollably Fine. We'll be chilling out and just discussing about RPGs and I'm doing a little bit of an interview. And that's enough of the details. Let's roll the dice and get this episode started. Welcome to our 20th episode. 20 episodes. So we decided for our 20th episode, we're going to talk about RPG games. And with us here today, we have Jason. What up? <laughs> we're, we're glad to have Jason on here with us, our friendly local dungeon master and all-around game master most of the time uh just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit how were you introduced to tabletop rpgs and dungeons and dragons because you introduced both ricky and i to them so right so from my memory it just kind of like naturally happened but from my memory me and my friend Zach heard about the game from some dark cult people <laughs> from high school. Like yeah. I don't even remember who exactly they were. It wasn't my friend James and Alex who we played a lot with in high school. It was just some people. And so we went to a bookstore and spent each of our like saved up allowance on the player's handbook, read it over, loved it. And then our friend James and Alex heard that we were into it and their dad actually would run Dungeons and Dragons, which then we started playing it that way and it's history after that. Oh, just, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I guess it was my friend Zach just saying, Hey, let's we're gonna go buy this book and check it out and from there. But I could not tell you who exactly was like, hey, check out this game. Cause Yeah. I mean I, I kind of understand that because i do remember back in high school and like the early 2000s there was i remember being like seeing popular tv shows and like popular things and they would mention dungeons and dragons sort of thing so it always like piqued my interest but i had like zero idea what it was besides it had something to do with the satanic panic <laughs> right right yeah when i was younger like i'd heard of dungeons and dragons but it was always in the context of like oh it's for nerds yeah like only super nerdy people play yes. dungeons and dragons and like all the stereotypical like roles on tv if they were playing it it was just like the yeah i like to play dungeons and dragons <laughs> yeah. so like i was always kind of turned off by it and i was like oh i don't want to be a nerd yeah, right. you don't want to be but you know as labeled. you get older you kind of accept Your the fate. nerdiness <laughs> yeah. yeah i before that i've always been interested in fantasy and like medieval so like me and zach would play um i forget what the game was but it was on windows like 98 and <laughs> yeah 
it was kind of a run your kingdom kind of game and mm -hmm. i remember playing that a lot and then we started getting involved in like we would make our own rpgs without knowing they were rpgs like we mm -hmm. make lego worlds and like do trade currency and all that <laughs> and like cause war against <laughs> each other and then HeroScape was a big influence too so like i was really into um I think, yeah, it was HeroScape. It was a tile-based game. Like, it's a war game. Mm -hmm. It was, like, one of the first war games that was kind of available other than Warhammer, which nobody could afford. So, like, and it wasn't available in our area. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was kind of our introduction into role-playing, I would say. And then that's when D&D kind of, like, mm -hmm. really piqued our interest when some people was like, oh, you do that, do this. Like, I always think it's kind of interesting because, like, not like just little girls, but mostly little girls will play with Barbie and oh, yeah, they'll role play. Like role you play. and you don't even yeah. think about it. So right. I think like the way it was portrayed to me and I didn't fully understand mm -hmm. what Dungeons and Dragons was, I was kinda like, I don't want to be involved with that. <laughs> right. And then but like thinking back, like, you know, as a little kid you role play all the time. Oh, yeah. And then like even like, me and my friends would go to like a park and like run around and like Yeah. Save people. Yeah. You're like role play. Yeah. You're essentially LARPing at that point. Oh, like, yeah. As kids. We yeah. just didn't realize it and then it wasn't until like I was a little bit like when we met and yeah. you were trying to like introduce me to it. I think I had a slightly better understanding of it, but I was right. still kind of like, I'm not entirely sure because right. I didn't really know you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be playing this game. I don't know anything about complete strangers. Yeah. And I think uh, that's that's one thing. I mean, I think getting into tabletop RPGs or like specifically Dungeons and Dragons, it is a fantastic way for a group of friends to become closer together but it is also a great way for strangers to become friends mm -hmm. yeah, sort of absolutely. thing too cuz i mean you're you're bonding like you you are literally not figurative or like in person but you're slaying dragons you're you're fighting a war or whatever it is and like that's a story that you remember it's just in my opinion it's like when you went on an awesome weekend adventure with your friends it's mm -hmm. the same concept. Like yeah. you always remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's team building, so you can't really play it without learning like people's strengths and weaknesses, right. oh, and yeah. then you kind of like determine like, well, are those strengths strengths and weaknesses something that I can relate to, or is it right. gonna like make us butt heads later kind yeah. of thing? Right. And it's it's a it's a good way for people to how do I want to say it? Put forth an explanation and like put thoughts into words more or less and like actions into words yeah mm -hmm. definitely but off of that tangent because there are more rpgs than oh totally dungeons and dragons <laughs> totally. it's just you know kind of the number one rpg what kind of rpgs do you like jason well i mean the obvious is already out like Dungeons and Dragons, but that's just because it's, it was my first one, and also I just love fantasy world. But I fell in love with Call of Cthulhu. That was another one that Zach introduced me into, because that one's more of a horror-based and just weird cosmic horror kind of <laughs> setup. Um, recently, what I, I got into the last few years ago was Kids on Bikes. And I think I... I was drawn to it because it was another mechanic 
that wasn't insane. Like you didn't need like three or four books to run the the game. You only need one book and a set of dice. And that was just awesome to me. And then on top of it, it was it's 80s Stranger Things kind of thing, yeah. which at that time I was in love with Stranger Things. So it was a no-brainer to do that. And I think I liked it because I could adapt it into any kind of story. Mm-hmm. But I've done ones where you don't even essentially play a character fiasco's one to for example like you play a character but you're doing a love triangle situation you don't really there is no win for that Mm -hmm. it's more of a tell a story kind of setup too trying to go down the list of what else i've played starfinder starfinder is a good sci-fi one that one's really combat gritty yeah it's the uh pathfinder version of sci-fi yeah yeah which is Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 kind of like crank to 11 and then yeah. they added a they made it into a sci-fi with Starfinder. Yeah. Which is it, it's a great setup. I if you love combat and people listening that if you if you like the combat aspect but not so much the role play Pathfinder and Starfinder definitely I would recommend. But if you want to be a little more loose and not worry about it the fifth edition of D&D is like definitely loose term. I guess that's the best way to say it. Instead of like having 35 different skills, there's mm-hmm. only like 10. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Dread. Duh. The, yeah, we were dread. just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> uh, dread is another horror game, which again, same concept with Kids on Bikes. Very simple concept. It's just use a Jenga set. Yeah, that one, you don't need dice. You just need Jenga. And you can actually get the book online for free, but they do sell a book, which has a lot more scenarios in it. If you want to, if you have Jenga and you want a different kind of game, just look up Dread. Like I downloaded the book. It's super simple. Um, The GM basically is just moderating the story. And anytime it gets kind of hairy or scary, (laughs) you, uh, you have to make a pull from the tower and... If the tower falls, that character dies. So it's very sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, too. It's straightforward. Yeah. If the tower falls, you're done. You're right, done. which is which is mm-hmm. great. But as the game goes, you just get more. The tension is very high always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is because Jenga is already like a dexterity game, and then you add the fact that I could die by moving a block and it starts like right away like if you sit at the table and some guy bumps the table corner and it falls that guy dies like yeah. so, so you walk in very lightly <laughs> when you start that game <laughs> so you had slightly brought it up because i know a lot of people don't know like the terms gm or dm and those do stand for game master or dungeon master Sometimes some games have specific right. titles because, like, generally a DM or dungeon master is associated more with like a dungeon crawling game, like D anD D or Pathfinder. And I think it's actually licensed through Wizard of the Coast, so that's why I they switched so. it to GM. So GM but, is more generic. Yeah, they just it's game master. Yeah. yeah, which I think Dungeon Crawl Classics say GM. Yes. Um, Starfire says GM. I've yeah. seen DM and some fantasy ones. Yeah. Too. Some people just default one way or another. And I know like Call of Cthulhu, they call like 
the game master. They call them the keeper. Right. Because they're the goes, keeper of the knowledge. Right. And that goes more with H.P. Lovecraft and mm-hmm. like his storytelling. So that it's just a, a flavor kind yeah, of thing. Thematic. Yeah. Because like I think Dread, and I could be totally wrong. I think Dread is called the storyteller. Yeah. I know there are a couple of games that specifically say it's a the storyteller instead yeah. of like a game master or gm or anything like that right so but if you hear all this terminology it's just a title like it's, they're all the it's same. just the person controlling the game and making sure that it keeps going and there's mm-hmm. a nice flow mm-hmm. right because i know you're kind of like our forever dm do you prefer being a dm or would you prefer being player so that depends on the game essentially I actually love playing D&D and being the game or the dungeon master. I've been doing it, what did we figure out, 15 and a half years now? 16 so. years? Yeah, roughly. So it's just so natural for me to be in that seat. But if anybody always wants to try it, I, I absolutely give that chair to them because I want them to at least try it or get in there because it's not for everyone. But I always recommend somebody try it at least once just to see if you like it. I just kind of got shoved into it (laughs) and found out I was pretty good at it. So Yeah, and everybody always liked you running the game. Right, because we did rotate Mm -hmm. uh, between players and it just always kind of defaulted into me taking it and then I just kept going. Mm -hmm. Um, Far as playing wise, like I don't like playing Dread because of the tension, Mm -hmm. but I love running it because of the tension. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I love setting the tone and stuff like that. I didn't like Starfinder, I'll be honest. And I I think that's only just because I love to role play in my combat. So when we were playing a campaign with a couple of our friends, it was fine. But like, I wanted to say a few words or like, you know, do the the anime killing blow and, (laughs) and that kind of thing. And in that game, and it's also it's also the the GM if they they allow it or not. But like, that game just didn't let you. It was it, you had to play that game like chess. Mm-hmm. You always had to think ahead, like five more steps, which you do. You do in D anD D too, depending on how, like how intense the combat is. But I just I always felt really like blocked in, and I didn't like that as much. Um, there was just way too many options. <laughs> There's like seven different options for combat. <laughs> like you could bulls rush, or you could I forget. It was like support. And like you, you can give somebody a dice roll, uh, like basically like another, an advantage for that person to shoot because you're shooting at the same time. And I'm just like, my brain is just like, I just, I just want to roll and see if I hit and say some (laughs) witty things. Like, (laughs) well, on the opposite side of DM or GM, there's the PCs, which was playable characters or player characters, which would be, you know. Me and Ashley in our Red Beard Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then there's the in, or NPCs, which is non-playable characters, which are the characters that the DM or GM puts into the story that you're, as a player, might interact with, but they're not being played by a player. They're being played by the dungeon master or right. the general. Yeah, because if you're thinking, because like a lot of tabletop RPG terms kind of also stem from video game terms. video yeah. game like rpgs like like you're being in like old school like runescape or world of warcraft right or i would maybe even put like the witcher and things like fallout and skyrim and those are 
your video game RPGs because you are playing the main character in a story and making choices. Mm -hmm. Basically, your your open world kind of role play kind of games, like Mm -hmm. definitely. But yeah, which is a good point because like if you're ever afraid of being a DM or GM, you still you still kind of play. Um, you just have a lot more power like, <laughs> or sway in it. But um, there's times where I've played combat fighting my own monster, which sounds weird because because you're fighting yourself. But if you can wrap your brain around that, you can have a lot of fun. I don't recommend it all the time, especially for newer like DM or yeah. GM. <laughs> or um, what I've noticed is sometimes your campaign, if you're doing a long-term one and they love this NPC, they're like, come along. And like, it can get exhausting because you're like, I'm also playing the game and running the game and fighting like this monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, sometimes it's fun to do it like a few sessions like that or they hire them on kind of thing because they're shorthanded. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I, I, there's a great tie-in because I know a lot of people kind of get introduced into more of the tabletop role-playing games through Skyrim or Fallout oh, and yeah. those kinds of things. Because I know there is a Fallout RPG, I believe. Um, and I know they just recently came out with a Witcher RPG. Yep. I was told that there's like a, a Skyrim board game or something that's very similar to a tabletop RPG. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's Good. quite there yet is it gmless kind of like i'm not haven maybe i know i think um when somebody pointed it out to me it it comes with some miniatures i think okay Hmm. so i'd I'd be interested in looking in that but i don't know too much about it but i think like i know skyrim personally was one that i thought would be really cool as a tabletop Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, for sure i've definitely stole some things like previously just from skyrim I remember stealing Zelda Ocarina of Time. I just straight up did the entire Duger tree <laughs> and nobody knew it till the end. They're like, this sounds really familiar. <laughs> like, and I mean, I have no shame in that because I was like, it's already a pre-built map and I, it's a dungeon. Like it's a crawl. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just added different monsters in it and mm-hmm. like different stories. I did, I did that one. Is it Majora's Mask, the forest temple? I, I, or is the that Ocarina only Zelda Time? game I played was Wind Waker. I'm the worst person to ask this question. Well, to. there's, there's <laughs> one that I, it always sticks in my head because the music's just super weird. Like, it's really like funky. It's probably a water temple, whatever no, it, it is. No, it was a forest one because like you had to walk through and it would flip you upside down and all that. Oh. And I thought that was amazing. And like the the coolest part was you had these four poes, which were ghosts, mm-hmm. and they held the key to unlock the four doors to get to the boss. <laughs> so I actually did that concept in a dungeon crawl. So they had to fight like four mini bosses to unlock the big bad guy. And like it, it turned out fantastic. Like, yeah. And I did this whole creepy forest temple thing too, and I flipped people upside down, which is so disorienting. Like yes. if you think about it. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I do think whether you are a player or you are a GM, I think stealing ideas, especially as a newer player, is a good way to go. Because you're not monetizing right. off of it. It's basically your stepping stone into learning how you do want to play exactly like i mean unless you're like redbeard like that's 
that is almost 95% original because it's our podcast and I don't want to steal from people. But there's times where I take a story that influenced me and I'll twist it or and like the all the D&D books are completely up for grabs. Like they're made for that. So the story arcs and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're so easy to modify to your story because I use a lot of the Eberron setting. Too, yeah. so. so starting out like that's what the books are for is it, they are pre-built stories mm-hmm. that you can go through and have players run through and all come oh, yeah. with maps and scenarios mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it makes it really easy if you're starting out and you're not quite sure where to start or you don't have like a good like influence for you just grab a pre-gen book yeah and run with it and yeah. i'll i'll be honest <laughs> When I started D and D, I thought that was cheating. Like I was like, "No, don't do those. Those, <laughs> you're not a true DM if you can't make up your own stuff all the time." And then, some, one of my friends in an older band, like, used to play D and D, and he didn't anymore. And he's like, "Here," and he gave me literally a milk crate full of books, and I started flipping through, and I'm like, "Why have I never done this before? Like everything in here is like awesome, and I don't have to use the whole thing." So. I retract that thought. <laughs> no. I mean, they come with a starter kit or an essentials kit for D&D for yeah. a reason. Like, yeah. it's a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're, if you're looking to start playing, I mean, there's a ridiculous amount of RPGs out there. So many. You can find one that tickles your fancy, right. basically, mm-hmm. that might be simpler because i know there's one that's called honey heist <laughs> i love honey heist. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb and that's another free one too it's it's free and all you need are what two six-sided dice yes i think you need an eight for character build but yeah. you can like do can, that you online can club it. Yeah, yeah you can have google or you can roll just it choose you. it because it's like you determine what type of bear you are so you could be like a panda bear or a black bear and they have their like special abilities sort of thing so like the polar bears i think are good at swimming and then they get a hat to wear which does nothing except you have a hat you to wear hat. Like, yeah. <laughs> i'm fancy right and then the point of the game is that whoever is the gm for it makes some sort of heist for the players to complete as bears generally to do with honey of some sort yeah that the bears are trying to get i know when we played one time we played it when we were at a convention and so we made it the bears had to sneak into a bee convention to kidnap the queen bee for ransom for right. honey and it was so <laughs> fun like it was like a very miscongeniality slash oceans 11 kind of feel to yeah it. but the cool thing about that is <laughs> the game is meant like you go in like you already know the plan but as players, you have no idea what the plan is. So you do, like in those heist movies, a flashback scene of like you guys in the room figuring out the story. And it, it basically puts the game on pause so you can figure out this element. But you always play it as like, yep, this is the next part. Yeah, you already know like, what like you you're doing. <laughs> you just have. So I think that one's like a good game to kind of like build confidence because you definitely in your improv go yeah. in knowing what you're doing whether or not you actually know what you're doing right <laughs> <laughs> but i that one i would say is also kind of harder because it relies so heavily on your improv mm-hmm. yeah 
and I am not the best at thinking on the spot. <laughs> I think um, fiasco would be good for working on your improv because yep. you don't have to yes. play with like, the entire table, which is like right. the it's person the to person. your left and your right. Yes. Yeah. So like it's just kind of more like a one-on-one improv, even though you're playing with other players and you're all sitting right. at the table. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to think of something based on what everybody's yeah. talking about. It's just between you and the person next yes. to you. Yeah, that one definitely is like a flex on like who's a really good improv because you you do like a scene kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it it helps. That's a game that I would recommend playing with people you kind of know a little bit more or very comfortable or with. Are comfortable yeah. with because you are going to because the characters themselves get into awful situations sort of thing yeah because it's can... described as a, a coen brothers yes yeah so <laughs> coen brothers movie so if that <laughs> helps any of you guys understand it it always ends kind of horrible <laughs> um yeah <laughs> it's kind of you always want to think it shot in like kind of that grainy footage everybody's always smoking right no matter what time frame it is sort of thing (laughs) i know we played it one time where we made it um we call it murder camp oh camp death camp death yeah camp death was camp death was a lot of fun and i think we made a variant on that that yeah i think we found it It but we twisted it but people actually died which doesn't happen in fiasco no but it was a lot of fun because i think one of the players turned out to be the the serial killer but like majority of the players were not aware of that and the player themselves was not aware of it and basically at the end of the story they it was like oh yeah and i i was the killer the entire time sort of thing because you're just making a goofy story where the characters have an awful time sort of thing right it was very slasher film kind Mm -hmm. of vibe (laughs) i think another good rpg to start off with especially if you're wanting to get your kids involved and if they might like the show already which is the my little pony rpg oh yeah Yeah. Uh, friendship is magic Um, i haven't got to play that but you guys have yeah i haven't um or wait oh yeah you haven't we you borrowed the screen though yes (laughs) yeah yeah you need a screen my husband actually bought it because he was interested in it and he doesn't even watch the show. Like he knows nothing about My Little Pony, mm-hmm. but he's like, this looks really cool. Yeah. And I've actually watched My Little Pony and enjoyed it. And then um, he has a younger sister. Right. And she was super into My Little Pony. So he actually was able, and he doesn't really play RPGs, but he was able to pick up the book, read through it and do a camp, like a small like one shot for us. Mm-hmm. And he did it within like probably a week, so yeah. it's it's super easy to pick up, and That's it's really super cool. kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that well, and it's also parent friendly if it's yeah. that easy, which is nice. Yeah. yeah, I know another good one that Jason picked up because he liked the look of it, and he wanted to be able to play with like show families how to play with like younger kids who want oh, to yeah. get them into RPGs. I was doing, doing kind of like. Um, dm for hire kind of situation mm-hmm. where i did it for like birthday parties and stuff mm-hmm. um it, it i did it a lot more during the pandemic yeah uh, because of people could do it on zoom and yeah. stuff like that but i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about yeah it's, it's called no thank you evil <laughs> and no, thank you. there's a there's what like a spaghetti monster yep. in it and it's, yeah, it's, it's it's adorable it's kind of 
GM light, right? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's meant to the parents to kind of start. But then I also bought these like books that came with it that explain it for the kids to run it. So it's meant for like 12 to 14 or like 10 to 14 age to explain how to be a GM. But it's very, very light. Like, yeah. There, you don't have to think hard on it. Like there's no like 32 hit point like, <laughs> like monster. It's more like five. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, Evil. Man, we're pulling all of them out. Not like, today, Satan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the kid-friendly version of not today, Satan. <laughs> I didn't realize how many how many we know like of like, yeah. RPGs. Because well, I mean like... There's thousands out there. Yeah, because like, if you're looking for a completely GM-less one, you're talking more like kind of like a Gloomhaven sort of thing. Zombicide. Zombicide. Frosthaven. Or, yeah. yeah, is that the new one that just came yeah, out? Frosthaven's yeah. like kind of a, an expansion, but its own thing of Gloomhaven. Right. Mm-hmm. It's more tundra, yeah, Viking y. Yeah, it's like yeah. a standalone one of it. Uh, Mansions of Madness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Mansions. Of yeah, Madness. that one. It's not entirely GMless, but it's the app taking care of it for right. you mm-hmm. instead of a person having to do it. Where the original mansions of madness you had to have a game master yeah. right so now they they updated it for the second edition for the for an app to run it for you right yeah so i mean if you you kind of want to get into like a tabletop rpg maybe look at a gmless game or a game that kind of runs itself kind of like mansions of madness and just really be your character and not just use your character stats because mm-hmm. i can do that in some other board games like, oh yeah in general, for like, sure like just lean into the character you're playing as instead of just playing with the stats right. of the character yeah you could and one way to do that instead of being like well my character i'll go here be like i will go here and i will do this yeah. like put yourself in right. like in the i statements as if you're actually doing it yeah. is a good start to role playing yeah because that's that is a way to become closer to the character, but then a way to distance yourself. Like if it's becoming an emotional moment mm. is to say the character by name. Because I do that when we play in Redbeard a lot too. If it's becoming, oh, this is becoming a little bit too much emotional for me. I might take a couple steps back and start to say, well, Sasha does these things right. because it's just a little bit too much for me. But And we play... We play a little more heavily into the role play, but that's only because we 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 really trust each other. Yes. And like we became really close friends to do it and also like that's the style we wanted. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. Yeah. And we we definitely get deep into our emotions. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like we've legit cried. Yeah. There's times like I looked up like you know, when one of us is crying and like the rest of us were like, look at the floor, don't look at them because we're going to start <laughs> crying too. <laughs> um, but I know like when some people play, they they want the combat. They want, they want that, that fight. The yeah. fight yeah. of it. And there are games that are more geared towards that because I know like Dungeon Crawl Classics is definitely it's it's specifically a meat grinder of a tabletop rpg because you wind up starting off with like four different characters that Mm -hmm. are all basically they're not even level one they're level zero right and you usually play with like 
you start with four, but I think you could mm-hmm. do more. Like I think so, depending on depending on the dungeon and stuff yeah. like that. But so that is, yeah, that's basically what it sounds like. I think it's based off more a system of D and D two. Yeah, yeah. Kind from of? what I've from what I've heard from other DMs that do that, they say it's like advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but yeah. they made it um so quick to make characters and also like I mean, for example, the character sheet is like an index card size. Yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot <laughs> no, on there's there not. Because it's like I describe it as a, in a, a lot of RPGs are like this, but like choose your own adventure books. Oh yeah. <laughs> um but this one is like you go left instead of right. Oh, you go left. You fall in like the pool of acid. You dead. Like yeah. <laughs> next one. Like <laughs> don't have your next character go that way. Right. <laughs> but kind of like as making a character, there is a way that you could do it. Because like sometimes in some character creations, they have two options of making them is off of a point system where you're given... Like I think what is what is D and D give you like twenty seven points yeah, or something like that. I think like it's twenty seven. Yeah. Um, and you do that among your six stats, or you can do the option of rolling dice rolling, yeah. which is three six sided dice, and you roll them for each stat, and you add up those three dice for each stat. So one way the the point buying, a lot of players lean into what is called min maxing, where if they were playing like a barbarian, they would dump almost all their points into strength and then have like no points into charisma. So that is what they called min-maxing is you're maxing out your best stat and you're minimizing your, I don't want to say worst stat, but the stat that you don't really need You don't need as that character. Yeah. I personally like point by just because rolling dice, you could potentially roll just really extremely oh, really terrible. Bad. Yeah. So, but what I usually do is I usually even it out to where like all the stats are exactly the same mm-hmm. and then I'll bump up my good yes. stats a little bit yeah. and then bump down the ones I don't need as much, but mm-hmm. without it being too extreme. Too so I actually like do the opposite <laughs> of min-maxing, I guess. Yeah. Because right. like when I, when I do a character, I like them to be a little bit more well-rounded. Like mm-hmm. I don't want them to be absolutely amazing at anything, but I don't want them to be completely awful at things right. too at the same time right. <laughs> and then but that's also not counting in like your race bonuses right 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 yeah. like your modifiers and stuff so but I, I was just gonna say like it depends like if it's a long-term campaign or if it's like you're only gonna play this one and oh yeah yeah for sure because if it's like a one shot i go to the extreme i make the, some characters that are just so bad and i have a blast because they do so bad yeah that they do good like i don't know how to describe it like it makes um, a better story yeah, yeah. kind of like um jack sparrow and like pirates of the caribbean like he's yeah. like just stumbling and running through explosions the whole time but <laughs> somehow he gets through it and he's, he's yeah. got super high currency right he just, punch, <laughs> he just runs through it and i think those characters are like so fun and I, a lot of my npcs i i kind of make them that way because i'm like they may not show up again yeah might as well have fun with them might yeah. as well make them memorable yeah because yeah. i that i think is part of the main goal of playing a tabletop rpg is not i mean it is to play a game but it's really to make a story out of it and you gotta really 
gotta focus on that aspect because like yeah awful stuff is probably going to happen it will happen and you gotta be okay with that mm-hmm. yeah yeah like i i a lot of times will walk away from like a session that we do and I'll, like the next few days i'll be like thinking and just like going over what what's happened and yeah. over like that session and like i feel like that's a really good it's a, it's a really good story if you're like contemplating it like yeah. a couple of days later you don't just like leave it at the table and you're done with mm-hmm. it like right. it's a good story when it, it goes with you and you're constantly just like going mm-hmm. back and thinking about like wow like we did this and this mm-hmm. and like dang like that happened and or right. you like want to tell other people about it yeah and be like which yeah, i listen. totally did in high school yeah like, like listen to this crazy story people are like, that didn't alone. actually like, happen <laughs> but i thought was really cool because i think that's yeah that's exactly how i got you started because mm-hmm. i would leave my session call you on my way home and just tell you exactly the whole story of like what happened mm-hmm. and then like over time like I was like, why am I doing this? Just have Ashley play. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like reading a good book. You always read it and then you make recommendations to people. And you're like, hey, you should check out this, you know, book because it's so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a good storytelling, (laughs) you know, you want to tell people about it. Yeah. And I, it depends on like the engines too, which are like the game mechanics. Mm -hmm. You can make them any kind of theme or story. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of mechanics that are made for that theme that work really well. So, like, mm-hmm. I've heard people do, I totally forget the name. It's, like, something reloaded. Um, it's a Western. And, like, people did Western D&D. Mm-hmm. And they found out that this one's way better because it's still fantasy, but it's geared towards, like, yeah, gunfighting and mm-hmm. gambling and, like, all that. Yeah. and. So I guess just don't be afraid to change the theme, even though it's set in something. But at the same time, maybe look around. Mm -hmm. Don't just pick that mechanic because it's most popular. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Pathfinder stuff that I use in our D&D because it it works. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A lot of games will use, you know, the dice. If you go to like a game store and you see these rows and rows and rows of dice and you're like, who would need all of these dice? Well... I like pretty dice. If you get into RPGs, you'll understand. (laughs) You you become dice goblins for sure. Yeah. Well, because like, like for me, I like to get dice like that. I think are related to my character in some way. Maybe it's the color of them. That's like I think on my character with it sort of thing or maybe it's like a theme of a dice because i know there's like dice you can get that are like kind of westerny themed or just things like that but different systems use those dice differently so for like call of cthulhu you're going to be using the percentage dice and i think that's basically it (laughs) well you need the other dice to make it Mm-hmm. Like a character, but yeah, when you're doing like attacks or you know, pretty much anything, investigating, <laughs> it's it's percentage because it's an interesting concept because you always want to roll low on it, and because you want to basically beat the the percentage or a terminology the the DC that the keeper has. Like that's the only one I've really. There's another one out there that uses percentage, but mm-hmm. weird scenario i don't know why i used to do this but like when we started i read somewhere or someone told me i was like oh yeah for percentage use 220s 
the one the one color like use two different colors so like the red one will be your left number and the blue one will be your right number and that'll be your percentage and i kept doing it i did it for years and then i started thinking i need 10-sided dice to do this because <laughs> i'm doing yeah. this at 200 percent. that's why like, they literally give you two 10-sided dice right. and one is instead of being like one through ten it's 10 to double zero which is yeah. technically 100 yeah. so i don't know if that's an old old rpg thing I because think, they didn't have percentage dice yeah i think that might be where it came from but yeah use your percentage dice when you need that yeah. don't, don't go at 200 percent. you're you're hurting yourself like, right? <laughs> but then i know a game like kids on bikes each stat is a specific die. So like your best stat is the 20 sided and your worst stat is the four sided. Mm -hmm. There, There is a reason for all the dice to be numbered in that way. Because you, you, a lot of people, they're like, why, why do you have like so many dice? Like why do you need more than just six sided dice? Right, why do you need the, the, the seven like or the set of... Um... Is there seven? I no, think it's, it's seven. It's seven, yeah, yeah. Normally, I'm I'm thinking of like some sets come with like more than like three or four six sided dice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say RPGs is the only time I've ever, or when I started, was the only time I ever seen it. And then more of the newer indie games or like the heavier set mm -hmm. tabletop, they use yeah, other dice. I know one mm -hmm. of the deck builders I have uses a twenty sided die for like randomization basically mm -hmm. and i know as more and more people get into tabletop games where they are buying sets of dice there are more and more games that you can find online that uses a 20-sided die or maybe a eight-sided die as like a random generator basically right. mm -hmm. yeah. instead of just a six-sided die or two six-sided die i did find an rpg that runs only on six-sided dice though which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. It's called um, Fragged Empire. It's a post-post-apocalyptic. Post-post. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like after the apocalypse and like societies are being rebuilt again. Okay. So it's like yeah. you're past the apocalypse. It's, everything's not really run down anymore. Yeah. You're recolonizing. Yeah. The c civilization is ha isn't on like collapsing. It's past that. Yeah. They're rebuilding yeah. at that point. Huh. And I I really want to try that one out. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds interesting. Interesting. I like that. We can talk about some player terms or some GM terms that people might not right. be familiar with. Yeah, I kind of said DC. And didn't yeah, say anything DC. About it. I think I was going to. Yeah, it's hard to like cut in. And by the way. Right. <laughs> It, the DC would be the difficulty check. difficulty check or dice check. or dice check because that's just what I always depending, assume it is depending on <laughs> the game really um, or like but it is a difficulty I, I feel check. like a difficulty check would be more so maybe the DM or GM and a dice check could be more of like a player, player. term yeah right. they both do the same exact thing right uh, basically it's a let's say crom. For, wants to break down the door ahead of him. I tell him to roll a strength check, which in turn is a DC that I know, but I don't just be like, you need to beat this DC. Now, some games do. Like Kids on Bikes, you have to say it before um, you keep going, which is 
was very hard for me to learn. But yeah, a difficulty check is basically, so if the door is made out of paper, it's probably going to be a, a, five. a, a five. Yeah. <laughs> but if the door is made out of wood with barred iron, it's probably going to be like an 18, maybe 25. Metal. Yeah. And there's, Dirty. there's tables out there that you can use, but personally like as you get more experience playing you just kind of know like oh it's gonna be this threshold feel for it and then there's also an ac Mm -hmm. or what would be an armor check or armor class class. so like if the dm might be well what's your ac and it's generally for like D D 5e it's 10 plus your decks plus whatever armor you're wearing they generally give you right a Which, certain it's kind of standard throughout most of the rpgs i played that mm-hmm. it's it's like your your like your base your, plus your decks yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of like your defense like yeah. yeah is it gonna beat your defenses and hit you yeah acs yeah fun terminology terminologies min max so fun min maxing stats I'm trying to think of anything else. AOE. AOE, which I, I've never... I think that's more like if you're reading stuff than it is like you're saying. Because like I think normally you would say the area of effect. Um, I think it depends on the person because I've definitely heard people and be like... And play style. Yeah, yeah like... Mm. Yeah what's the aoe or my aoe is this no and, it, and that would like i've heard it a couple me. times and before i really knew what it was i'm like what the heck are they talking yeah, about that kind would, of thing like i could i could understand it in a text format but i can see why people would pick it up and say it because there are things that you read and it's in a text format and you're not supposed to say it out loud and then people wind up saying it up out loud mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah. yeah but i feel like it's mostly for magic magic yep or range or something like that yeah like like if if you want to get more modern like bombs or something like anything has an effect other than five yeah like anything that almost would have like a projectile after it hits like a splash yeah yeah so like a splash would be like have an aoe okay See, I'm learning stuff today. Yeah. It's great. Like that at least that's how I understood it cuz like really you wouldn't think of melee as having an AoE because mm. it's right. like right next to you. But if you throw a grenade, yeah. Then yeah. But like magic and fantasy some or mm-hmm. you know radius or cone or single line. Ranged itself maybe not unless you had like maybe an arrow that had like an exploding head on it or like a spell attached to it like ice or fire then that would have like an aoe yeah okay sasha has a lot of aoe (laughs) she's she's all about that aoe (laughs) all about that aoe (laughs) um i know one that we do a lot for like the redbeard chronicles is uh your initial initiative which is generally a 20-sided die roll and then you add your dexterity bonus for the most part to it. And that's kind of like how quick you are in combat sort of thing. Like how at the ready you get. The way I describe it to new players is um, imagine two people at a like standoff for a gun draw. Who's going to pull first? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the situation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like. when we roll and we wind up getting like the same number then we'll take it based off of what is our dex bonus 
sort of thing. And whoever has the highest bonus would go first because they would technically be faster instead of just doing it the roll of the dice, which is a little bit of a randomizer. And it's great for some... I personally like that initiative roll because I can see without it, people being like, I'll go first and they kill the thing or like they they steal the the spotlight mm-hmm. like and yeah. yeah and it's used so that way everybody kind of gets a turn instead right. of just one person wailing so that's typically related to combat most of the time most yeah. of the time i've done some weird ones uh like where traps or like the 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 dungeon itself is doing something and i've had to do initiative for it mhm so that way like stuff goes in a order and stuff isn't getting done out of order but it's is like 90 percent, 95 percent for combat Mm -hmm. we have like if you fumble critical or like a natural so natural and critical kind of go hand in hand and it also and and fumbles um because generally when you roll like a natural one if you're in combat that's an automatic fumble yeah, a fail, and some DMs will follow a fumble chart if they want to make it a little more different. Spice it up. Um, Gotta keep it spicy. Old school, like 3.5 under, it just said, you dropped your weapon, which was kind of ridiculous sometimes because it'd be like, you're shooting an arrow over and over and over, and then all of a sudden you just, you let go of both at the same time, and you're like, how do you do that? Like, like well, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, like, I've been in situations where i'm doing something over and over again and then my hands just go no and just stop (laughs) right and like in most most games like if you drop something it takes you a turn to pick it back up Mm -hmm. because most turns or rounds in combat are equivalent of six seconds in real world Mm -hmm. so like snappy yeah which is crazy because Usually combat goes, depending on what it is, like three to eight rounds. Mm-hmm. If you think that about that, that's under a minute long. Mm-hmm. But it takes a player about 20 minutes just to do under a minute long in game yeah. just because of what's happening. Because I think like, especially if you're like watching a movie and you see like a fighting sequence happen, it's generally like under a minute that the fighting right, but happens. It drags but out so cinematically. Yeah, like, there's a lot that, that can happen in that minute. A minute is longer than what you may think. Right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then like rolling a critical, which would be like rolling a natural 20, generally nets you bonuses when you are in combat generally when you roll like naturals and criticals and fumbles and failures those are all in combat terms Mm -hmm. yeah you can't again a lot of there's a lot of sway in the gm or dm because the book is there as a guide or the rules are there as a guide but ultimately you could be like nope um you can only roll purple dice like it's it's ultimately <laughs> up to the dm or gm but mm-hmm. um you most of the consensus is you can't fail a skill check or you can't critical a skill check mm-hmm. it's um, it's either like a pass fail but sort of yeah thing. like so like critical roll i believe they they do like a critical on their skill check mm-hmm 
which they just do that because they like it mm-hmm. that way. And I think we do a little bit. I we do it a sometimes. little bit, but yeah. yeah. But there's like, sometimes where I'm like, I need it higher than a 20 because yeah. it's, it's it's a really difficult thing. There's sometimes where we're like, yeah, I got like a 21. And they're like, yeah, you super do whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you crushed it. Right. And then there's sometimes like, you know, you're trying to see somebody at the dead of night and you could only see 10 feet out, but you want to find that person. Like, that's going to be a higher than 20 roll. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and just, it probably sounds like kind of self explanatory, but a natural is like the roll of the dice only. Right. So a natural 20 is you are actually rolling a 20. And it's you get- before you add any yeah. bonuses or. Right checks or anything so right. like that an unnatural 20 is say you got like a 15 and you have your bonus plus five in modifiers yeah. then that's an unnatural 20 right which doesn't i mean it may be the the ac or dc but you don't of, get but the, you don't get the bonuses like yeah critical hits are like most of the time double damage yeah um roll but, roll twice add twice yeah but sometimes like Starfinder, they had different like because they're like lasers and stuff like. Mm-hmm. So you had a cold gun; and it would just it would shoot a, a laser, but if you got a critical, it did freeze damage on top of it. Mm-hmm. So it's something you can definitely look into. Yeah, different games associate different things with the meanings, right. sort of things. Like these are just kind of like overall these what they mean. We might add it because we play a lot of D&D. We'll add it in the light of D&D to maybe explain it, but it depends on the game you're playing a lot of the right. time. And it and it's also the the one running the game. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's their flair on it. So now a term that is across all game boards uh is meta gaming. It's generally right. seen as a no-no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially for veteran dms and gms it's, yeah it can it's, it's you want to stop it early because it can really suck the life out of the game yeah and what metagaming is is it's talking outside of your character like across the table and acting that in character right. so it's like if or table talk ta- table talk so like if like in the D&D context, if Sasha and Tabby are in completely separate rooms or in completely separate buildings, Sasha can't help Tabby doing whatever it is she's doing. That's that's metagaming. So or Sasha's Ashley. Yeah. yeah, so like my knowledge as Sasha cannot be relayed to Tabby or Ricky. Like Ricky might know that knowledge, but she can't use that with her character. And it's mm-hmm. it's a tricky thing to to wrap your brain around. Because like you as playing a cooperative game, you're like, no, 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 don't open the chest. Like, don't be dumb. And you're like, but they were going to. And then now they're influenced by your your idea. And mm-hmm. it's like, but what were you going to do? And it could have been a monster or it could have been, you know, yeah. something cool. So a recent example that I've experienced where I could have almost metagamed accidentally, but didn't. I managed to get away from it was me as a character was fighting a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Me as a player knows that werewolves are weak against silver, Mm -hmm. but my character doesn't really know anything about werewolves. So I could have in the moment been like, okay, I grabbed something silver and I chuck it at the werewolf. 
but that wouldn't make sense because exactly. my player doesn't yes. know and and that you that's guys a did that so well because like like Sasha doesn't know werewolves a whole lot either mm-hmm. but she but Ashley definitely not I mean it's it's a classic thing like you're mm-hmm. like werewolves yeah. and silver but what you did is you were like did I study bestiary like did I study yeah. werewolves like that you're you were kind of asking as a player does my do character I know this? yeah, yeah. And I know it sometimes and, and this is another example that happened recently um I was talking to Ashley's character as my character and I me as a player knew again that silver was a weakness for werewolves and Sasha as Ashley's character was looking at something silver <laughs> and I had already experienced silver being something that hurt werewolves so I was trying to get her character to tell me what are you looking at and <laughs> yeah. she didn't quite like pick up what I was trying to say but you have to play it off as if yeah. you don't know. So my character was like, "Oh, what's that?" And even though me as a player was trying to pull that information, it right. was I was pulling yeah. the information yeah. out instead of being like, "Hey, is that silver?" Because yes. I know what that it, right. I know what yeah. it does, kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's just a good sign of a of a good player instead of like trying to influence everyone else. Mm-hmm. There, you can always help or like especially mechanics like yeah definitely tell them like oh no you actually rolled this or whatever but like don't tell them use your use your range range weapon at this moment or do this Mm -hmm. like you really don't want to do that because it just kind of it it soils the game like Mm -hmm. it just it takes you out of the immersion and that's that's the main to me that is the most important for rpgs is Mm -hmm. the immersion and the atmosphere like yeah. that i'm definitely an atmosphere dm there's yeah. different types of dms <laughs> mm-hmm. i love building the theme and the atmosphere and like getting a moment i mean like i changed the color of our lights in our in our studio like i like candles I'll, I'll sometimes i'll burn incense or and like i play music just to separate us from the real world that we're we're in demir now and we're trying to make it as real as possible and i think one that helps our audience love it because like we really get into it but ultimately it's for us the players like it it's amazing but not every player or dm likes that like i definitely have some friends that um run their games absolutely different and they Mm -hmm. find immersion useless i definitely say like you you have to you have to get into the game a Mm -hmm. little bit you can't just be like moving upon yeah mm-hmm. and like some dms love making props yes for oh, their yes. players like if they find a scroll that has like a riddle on it they will physically make a scroll mm-hmm. with a riddle right. on it and when the some then the player finds it they hand it over to the player mm-hmm. and then that player can look at it and read it and the dm's not just like oh you found this thing and this is what it says like right. they can mm-hmm. read it for themselves and I know some people really enjoy that, and then mm-hmm. some people think it's a little too extra. Yeah, like, I've I've actually like asked some friends because I was I'm considering like trying DM for the first time, mm-hmm. and like I was going around asking different people, I'm like, do you like props or do you not like props? And I kind of got like a fifty fifty on it right. actually. Yeah, yeah. So huh. personally, I love props, but it's got to be right for the moment. It. To me, it's got to be a special thing. Mm-hmm. But like Cthulhu, that that game is like made for props. Like oh, yeah. it is prop heavy. And like I've played games with people that ran Cthulhu with not a single prop whatsoever. 
and you're just like this is really hard because you can't visually see it or or like you have to like explain you what have to this explain what it is goopy creature looks like right where <laughs> like when i run cthulhu like i love using newspaper clippings because it's set in the 1920s so i'll give people like a clipping that I print it on paper, I'll crumple it up, rub it in gravel or whatever to make it look old or used. And to me, that's like important. But for every single like, I see people using go coins all the time, like for their actual currency in the game. And that, if that's you, go for it. Me personally, like I have some coins, but I use it more just to add like the sound of it or the feel of it for a certain thing. Um, some people even might like dressing up as their character when yeah. they're role playing just so they can Get be that character. That. Yeah. But I've done that. Like I've <laughs> well, what's it campaign one? Like uh <laughs> Mr. Gwith. Yeah. Uh like when I when I role played as MPC, like I bent over the table and grabbed a top hat that I had hidden from everybody and I put it on and it just kinda like it snapped people into being like, <laughs> Oh, like it's a totally different person. This is, what it was different this about? now. Like, yeah, yeah. Something more is going on here. But the same, it's a flip of the coin because, like, you don't need all that right. to start the game. Like, if you really want to play D anD D, all you need is a set of dice, some paper, and yeah. Because I mean, could, you can you could run a game. It would be clunky as all get out, but you could do it. Yeah. So you just need to find which a lot of the like base like this is all you need to run a game. You can find a lot of those kind of like rules online or like character sheets are free online right? sort of thing. Because so. you're going to meet players that would be like, oh, you have to use miniatures for combat. Mm-hmm. Like I, 12 of the twelve of the 16 years we played, I did theater of the mind, which is like you, you describe the monster and you'd be like, oh, you're 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. So like you just know that you're that far away. Yeah. And... Redbeard, we do both um, because, like skirmishes, I'm not gonna break out an elaborate map that you're just fighting some bullies in the alley. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but if it's this cool, monstrous thing, I personally like to set out a map because it helps the players see it. So, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get out is just get out there and do it. Like, just do it. <laughs> just, just get out it. there, but but don't feel like you need to shed hundreds and hundreds of dollars because like the books are expensive alone so yeah start small get your yeah. feet wet get a feel for yeah. it and if then they have go, an essential go, go kit, from there if they have like those kits like wizards of the coast have been releasing grab those like start it because those are actually really good like i bought them for myself and it's not that i don't know how to play the game but i like seeing the starter kits and like relearning the game trying mm-hmm. to perfect my craft like and maybe like seeing how other people might be introduced to the game too to kind of get a feel for if somebody's new is this a viable option for them right so i guess if you're starting a game find three to four people that you really want to do it i mean mm-hmm. you could do six highly re- recommend no more than that i've ran a game of like 14 and <laughs> As as cool as it sounds, um, it's exhausting as as a GM and the players because some of the players don't even get to play because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. But find them, talk about like what's your favorite movies. Like that's a lot of the people that are starting. I'll be like, 
who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or what's your favorite kind of type of movie? And somebody's like, oh, Western. Okay. And then I like kind of weigh into like, what kind of story do I want to do? Like based mm-hmm. on those movies and stuff. Yeah. That, that's a good way to do it. Because I know there's plenty of resources online. I know there are a couple of groups like on Facebook mm-hmm. that you can use to find kind of local players or players who are willing to play even online, online now, yeah. even which I know a lot of people were moving to be online before the pandemic hit just because like they they have a friend who moved to like Oregon right and and they were already playing with them yeah and they and you still want to keep playing well like Ricky's a great example like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know but like Ricky lives like two hours away from us so we actually use discord to play our podcast and we record it all separately um, but sometimes Ricky comes out and and we make a game session too. So it, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> so there's, there's, yeah. there's no wrong way to do it. There's no excuse. Right. <laughs> and there's so many resources out there. I mean, you could even probably get a free player's handbook starter. Like, Yeah, I think, I think D&D Beyond has kind of a thing. Well, any of them it's like, very has a loose, starter. It depends but... on like what, like, you know. Cthulhu has like a a starter one that mm-hmm. like I don't even own all the books for Cthulhu. I only have one like starter guide that was like ten bucks, mm-hmm. and that game just tells you how to do it. Like mm-hmm. you're ready to go, but like if you buy their books that are you know fifty sixty dollars because they're there's a lot more pages. They have story elements. They have very very unique situations that you don't really know what to do. Go find your game store. That's an well, there's another thing. Go to your game store. Yeah, just... go go to your local game store. See if there's any groups that play there or meet there. Because a lot of a lot of times, game stores will have tables set up for groups to play at. So maybe... that's how I started doing that community thing with people. Is my local game stores because I was running some there. They were giving my information, like a contact to those people to contact me to run them. And then it kind of turned into a thing for a little bit, which was super fun. I don't recommend first GMs doing it. (laughs) Definitely veterans, like ones that can handle. Because, I mean, I was doing it with, I think I had a birthday for 11-year-old kids. And I had six of them on there. And I'm like, I made the parents stay because it's like six 11 year old boys trying to all focus on a game so <laughs> it just depends on the play style you really want to go with yeah but i think like starting out and either finding a group that's willing to let new people in mm-hmm. and our yeah. experience would, with be, people. Like, would be nice or i think jason made a good point like find some friends that are interested mm-hmm. y'all you don't have to each have your own book maybe buy one book and pass it around everybody mm-hmm. to everybody have everybody read it familiarize themselves and then decide maybe who will be the gm and who will be the players um, maybe do a couple one shots starting out yeah i would and say maybe pass it around even yeah. have everybody try it out and then whoever feels the most comfortable playing sure. the right. dm or yeah. gm could be the main group yeah yeah or whatever or maybe everybody decides they like doing it and they want to keep passing it around i Mm. mean that's uh, what we're saying is bully your friends into playing (laughs) D, &D, just like jason (laughs) or a tabletop role-playing game make them drink the (laughs) kool-aid and i think what we're all also trying to say is that there is a game for everybody Mm -hmm. 
like don't ever feel like well i don't like fantasy so tabletop role-playing games are not my thing there are plenty of modern like basically slice of life where your role-playing game is a day in the life like fiasco there's nothing fan fantastical about fiasco it's people living really awful lives right (laughs) i have one i think it's it's literally called one and it's it's this grand theft auto like there's a whole chapter on like drug dealing like on how to do that stuff like if you want to do that kind of game like do it (laughs) and i feel like a lot of like the bigger super pop culture movies or games have a role-playing game out there Mm -hmm. or something that's based off of it Mm -hmm. Because, like, Star Wars has a role-playing game. Oh, yeah. So if you're super big into Star Wars and you want to try role-playing, but D&D maybe isn't really your thing because you're more into sci-fi rather Mm -hmm. than the fantasy aspect. And maybe not even, like, it's only Star Wars. Because it's not like Star Trek, which has an RPG. Yeah, Star Trek has an RPG. So if you, like, because, like, that's the argument with Star Wars and Star Trek. Star Wars is pew-pew lasers and Star Trek is more political yeah if you like the kind of thing yeah Yeah. so Mm -hmm. like definitely if you have a franchise you're into there's like a 99 percent chance there's an official one or a fan-made one yeah (laughs) and if your game store is actually decent or like are really good at your job (laughs) they're good like because i know there's some stores out there that are like yeah i sell i sell rpgs i i don't know what they are like but most of the time you can find ones that they know and you could be like i'm really into this and i want they'll be like oh and they should shine you to something like there's one i don't know a whole lot about it but i have seen it a lot so if you're more into like supernatural things there's one called vampire the masquerade oh yeah where you're playing as a vampire Mm -hmm. i think that one you can also play as just like a regular human but come on you can make a vampire yeah, be, a vampire. be a vampire i've definitely I've, I've watched some streams of that game and it's cool like but it's 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 it, got that dark yeah gritty. i was gonna say it's probably gonna be a little bit more on the darker side so yeah. if you're more into like dark kind of things and like that vampire very gothic yeah gothic <laughs> is a very good description i would say like Hey, there's an RPG for that. Yeah. Like, right. I can't remember which, who did it. It was Vampire Masquerade. And like, I just got done watching, I was watching Kirk Roll. And they're in the beginning and they're always bubbly and like all for it. And then it goes to this guy and he's just like, welcome. And it's just like silence and the camera zooming in on him. And we're like, oh, that's such a different tone. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> <laughs> you You can find an rpg or you can talk to different people like get get your family i know jason's mom was like pretty against playing a role-playing game because she's like i'd be awful at it we got her to play kids on bike and she was maverick and she was like she was playing like a bossy little boy <laughs> yeah she who was like then turned up a bully and, and it who was turned hilarious. around to be like terrified of everything like he would hide behind other people and it was it was she was great at it she was fantastic and, and then she still, still says i'm good i'm not good at rpgs yeah like, you, you're just denying the fact like yeah. It's, yeah yeah you just you gotta get into that character and just be that be that bossy little 10 year old yeah <laughs> Another thing is I'm finding a lot of things that are like it says 5e compatible 
which means like they follow like that the five engine. E rules of D and D, but it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. And one thing that came out recently that I would like to try, it's like Dungeons and Doggos Ooh, and like yeah. cats and catacombs. Yep. And you can play as a dog or a cat in like a fantasy theme mm-hmm. ro- world. Like you you're you can play it as like your character gets transformed into a dog or cat and they have the stats for it you know dogs and cats or you can just be more of a uh not that they're not sentient but you know like more intellectual dog or cat like going on an adventure so if you want to role play as like an animal you can go do that definitely uh uh, red wall kind of vibes yeah red wall which i know there's mice mice and mystics mice and mystics and mouse guard Mm -hmm. are two very specific tabletop rpgs that you're playing as like a mouse mm-hmm. and it's like a slightly because like if you've ever read red wall or like that series it's basically mice and like creatures middle earth, like lord of the rings kind, kind of, of middle feel, earthy yeah. you know and it's not like super duper magical but there's like tiny hints of it throughout the world yeah. sort of thing i'm sure there's even a lord of the rings role-playing yeah. game oh there too, is so there yeah. is and they use a 5e gen- they use a 5e yeah. generator yeah. so um i there's also like the legend of the five rings which i think is more that's um asian influence yeah I say. that's what i was trying to think of like yeah, how to say because it's like martial arts yeah based kind of thing yeah if so I... if you like more yeah. of like a martial arts style fighting instead of just using like bows and arrows and swords mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff like there's another one there's, there is such a ridiculous amount of rpgs and i know we slightly touched on it on the um talking about publishers episode mm-hmm. the the alice game what was that one alice is missing alice I think. is missing that is completely text-based mm-hmm. so it sh- sounds fascinating like those yeah. kinds of games that use a completely different type of communication or like a different system like dread uses jenga not dice yeah okay. you know? <laughs> 10 candles uses literally 10 candles yeah like so yeah. We're listing a lot of ones that are a little bit more well-known, but there's, like, I even go to my game store and I look at the RPGs occasionally and there's some that I've never heard of right. ever before. Yeah. So it, it, that's where, like, as long as you and a couple friends, you know, find it interesting, like, yeah. not many people might know about it, but you can still play it. Yeah. Like, just right. pick it up and get the resource books for it and mm-hmm. you should be good to go. Yeah. Get out there. Get your role-playing hat on. Be a different character if you're running it. Don't be a don't ton be afraid of characters. To, to be a GM or DM. Yeah, at yeah. least once. At Give, least once. I always tell people at least once. But uh, well, the final uh, kind of terminology I do want to go over is a little bit of a downer. <laughs> so it's a T- man, TPK. Man, why did you leave that one as the I last know, one? I didn't mean to. But uh, TPK, you, you might hear it bandied around a lot, especially if you're kind of listening to GMs talking amongst themselves or like if somebody online's like, yeah, I just did a TPK and it's a total party kill. So Which basically... I have, I've never done that. I'm not a DM that strides for that either. There's some out there that do that. But me personally, because I I played enough times, there's some GMs that never played ever. And personally, I think they have no soul <laughs> for <laughs> for the players. That I mean, it takes 
some sometimes they take hours to make characters because they're really thinking hard and then you're just gonna like well that one's done <laughs> yeah uh that's not my goal now however if that's how the dice roll that's how the dice roll that's that's my i'd never try to bump like fudge the rolls i guess but yeah toll player kills it's a it's a gross terminology for me but it is happened i've played games where that has happened there's i don't know how to describe it it just a part of me dies like when, <laughs> when it jason feel icky yeah. yeah i mean well campaign one like not a lot of people know this but like ashley's character died in our first campaign before we did the podcast and i like i it took me days to, to recover like i was probably in a depression like, <laughs> he was. And, and like drew was even worse because drew that was his first time ever playing D D, like this this campaign so like there was times like i didn't think drew was gonna come back because of how that ended up like how ashley died and how the story ended like it was it was not a, it wasn't it was heartbreaking yeah, yeah. it was it was a, it was not your tip like your stereotypical happy fairy tale ending no right yeah, not but everybody made it. I, th- but then we talk about it at the same time. We still talk about it. We're like, but that was such a, it was such a good, such a good story, story. because it ended that way. For those who start DMing or GMing, I highly encourage not to bring that subculture in of <laughs> of trying to kill them off. A lot of time they'll do a TPK. Like I've played games where they TPK because they don't like how the players are doing it, and I'm like. Or That's, be an adult and talk to them, yeah, like instead of just killing them off. Conversation. I would say with the, your players. The only time a TPK would be anywhere near like acceptable is if everybody's done. Yeah, yeah. And instead like, of just die instead of way. just dropping the story off and like there's no ending. Right. They fight in a glorious battle. Yeah, they and just die. fight and die and <laughs> die heroes. Yeah. You know, they but then that's to go to Bahala. Like they want that moment. Then that yeah. story can be done. It's com- it has a conclusion and an ending and then you can move on to something else instead of just like dragging it through the mud and then just dropping it off and never right. touching it again. Like right. Cause it, let them go just, out in a blaze of glory. Right. Cause I mean, there's, there's some old school DMS that I meet, like they're in their like late fifties and they'll, they think it's hilarious when people die. And I'm looking at them like, how do you, how do you live? Like, how do you sleep at night? Like, <laughs> No, maybe like, they've played it so much and they're tired of all the happy endings right. so they want yeah. somebody to get or, killed off but or, they'll do it to like new players and I'm like well that guy's not gonna play normally again and I think and it's another thing because like when people play with me they're like you're such a different type and I'm like yeah I don't stride to make it a difficult game like well I I want challenging and people to feel the edge of death like but I don't want them to just like go home and be like, yeah, I lost the game. Like, because when, <laughs> when you die in, in RPGs, like in the middle, it's just sad. You're there. Like, yeah, you're yeah. there. You can't just like, I mean, you could pack up and leave, but then it's like, well, then you're a spoil sport. And right. You don't, you, you came to hang out with friends or meet people and. <laughs> right. But I didn't mean to get triggered. I just had, <laughs> I just had it happen a few times. <laughs> It's it's kind of a thing that I've, flashbacks. I've had conversations with other DMs like about it too. Yeah, like, well, and I think sometimes some DMs or GMs lose sight of when players make characters. There is a tiny bit a of that. Of 
player going into that character. Like it, it is a part of them. Right. I don't know how I'm going to handle like if or when one of your characters yeah. pass, but I hope it, it happens at the right time. And it, it, yeah. it <laughs> which I mean, I could go in topics about death and all that, like all, all my like tips and whatever. Maybe that's another episode or something, <laughs> but like on like how I handle it, but. Yeah. That that you can start your own podcast about that. Maybe right. I mean, maybe I'll do a little leave it up to listeners though. Yeah. Like if you, if yeah. you would like more tips about RPGs and how to like run it, maybe we can do another yeah. episode of just like tips and tricks for RPGs or just some more like chit chats. Yeah, about or like RPGs. like how I guess that's more of like a I don't want to carry Redbeard over too much. Like maybe we could do like a Q&A for Redbeard again. Yeah. But if people want to listen to it, we can go a little bit behind the scenes on how mm-hmm. we've approached our characters, how Jason approaches the campaign and how like we deal with things or like I said, tips and tricks on what we do or don't mm-hmm. do Yeah. to keep the story going. But I think that'll kind of wrap us up for today. Thank you, Jason, for joining us Absolutely. today. Yeah, Glad to fun. have you on Rare instead of just on Redbeard Chronicles. Right, yeah. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Facebook at Uncontrollably Fine or Twitter or Instagram at Uncontroll Fine. The question is, do you want to hear us talk about know tips and tricks on rare or would you prefer to just talk about it with people in the discord yeah so just let us know how you would prefer this conversation to go down because it's probably gonna happen either way yeah (laughs) (laughs) until next time i'm ricky and i'm ashley and we'll see ya Bye. bye bye